0: Hello and welcome everybody pray everybody gay
1: a queer exploration of teenage bounty hunters
0: With your host speak pirate aka joanna i'm here i'm queer and we're not gonna skip any of the gay stuff
1: and your other host lco123 aka Vina, a proud member of the church of sterling and april
0: oh i am so bummed that this is our last episode of the mini-series but I'm happy that we got to do it. And I am so happy that we get to talk about two phenomenal episodes uh, of this now beloved show.
1: Yeah, this feels really bittersweet. I mean, it just, uh, it's been such a delight to talk about this show for the last few weeks. And Uh, you were just commenting uh, off air a minute ago, like to have a show that we can love so uncomplicatedly (laughs) um, and just, you know, just praise over and over again. And uh, yeah, I just um, I just really I really hope that the show gets picked up somehow. But man, I'm I'm grateful for these 10 episodes uh, either way. Um, And yeah, this is this this is like, to be to be wrapping this up
0: yes so the two episodes the final two episodes that we're talking about tonight are our ham is good and something sour patch two i actually think like teenage running hunters it's, it's been strong all the way through but i think that these are the two best episodes of the season oh
1: interesting interesting yeah i sur- they're they definitely feel like um well obviously the stakes are higher but uh it definitely feels like There's sort of a departure in in a way, Um, just location wise, they're like more, you know, we're further away from the school and everything. Um, But yes, there's they it's amazing how much they pack into these two episodes.
0: Yes, for sure. And uh, there is a departure, I, I think, from like the structure of the other episodes, because the other episodes we're sort of, um, you know, it was kind of monster of the week in the case of, like, the skip mm-hmm. of the week, who they were looking for, what was going to happen, uh, whereas the skip stuff really takes a, a backseat uh, as the action in these two episodes unfolds.
1: Very true. Very true. Um, should we dive right into uh, episode nine? Our ham is good?
0: I think we should.
1: Okay. Um, so I felt like... Uh, thematically there were a few things at play. Uh, Definitely there's a lot in here about like being able to rely on other people and trust other people, sort of the value of uh, being a lone wolf versus kind of having a community. But I also think there's a lot in here about does the truth actually set us free?
0: Oh man, yes. I I think the truth will set you free really starts to hit home when we move into like the final episode. But for sure, like this episode is so much about like lone wolf versus community, especially because this is an episode where it's really starting to become part of the main text that the twin bond, which is so central to Sterling and Blair as characters and is like the emotional core of the show, like that's also a very insular dynamic. Uh, and when it, starts to, when it starts to get rocky between the two of them, um, that that really throws just a, a complete wrench in the way that each of these characters relates to the rest of the world.
1: Completely. And it has a real ripple effect uh, for everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, one of the things that Terrence Coyne says, he says, it's better to be a lone wolf because people let you down. So mm-hmm. let's let's take a look at some of the people who let you down in this episode.
1: Sure, sure. Go, do you have a list? <laughs> I
0: I have a list. So uh, Bowser and Yolanda. Uh, Bowser is really sad and upset because Yolanda and Terrence are now dating, and so it's not like he hasn't just lost her. He's lost her to this like this guy who is like the anti-Bowser. He's he's like a showman. He's like he has like multiple YouTube channels about cooking and bounty hunting and just running his fingers along wicker furniture. <laughs> uh, you know, he has like a nice place. He makes cinnamon rolls. Like, uh, so he, he's uh, really let down by Yolanda. And also I think let down by himself, like he was trying yeah. to change and he didn't, he didn't get there quickly enough. He didn't get the result that he wanted from the changes that he made.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Uh, And then of course there's uh, Sterling has just let Blair down by not, by not showing up uh, for the, the wacky uh, manic pixie dream date slash stakeout situation. Uh, And Blair is really punishing her for that throughout uh, throughout the course of this episode Uh, but we also have Blair and Sterling are being let down by their parents uh, who have not told them the truth, Uh, whereas their parents are being let down by the twins. The twins are not answering their phone when they're calling them. The Mm -hmm. twins are skipping school. They're not where they're supposed to be. Uh, Of course, Terrence is being let down by Bowser, who is like going on this mission with him, and then uh, at the last minute kind of leaves Terrence to handle all of the skip stuff. And then we have, um, in addition to like Sterling having let Blair down, uh, Blair lets Sterling down because Sterling, uh, you know, Sterling comes out to her in anger, sure, but Blair does not, does not respond quite the way that Sterling would like her to. And then of course, uh, April, who has constantly been let down by this character, but she is let down by the reappearance of her dad.
1: Well, and lest we forget, she also let down Hannah B for that lamb chop dinner.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> I have, n- I, w- we've said this before, but I have never seen a teenage girl care so much about lamb chops. <laughs> <laughs> lamb chops are obviously code for something gay.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that, that just, that just might be, that just might be. And April, I mean, uh, April's kind of, um, April's another character who I think is kind of letting herself, in these episodes, um, un- for very understandable reasons, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, the oof, man. <laughs> this
0: is, I, I think this is just a great penultimate episode because this whole episode, like, it, there is a lot of action in it. We're learning a lot of new things, uh, and it really, this has just so, so much of the vibe of the moment before the moment. Everything is going to change,
1: right. Right. And I
0: I really like, actually,
1: even though it's kind of hard to see that Blair and Sterling are in conflict for this whole episode. You know, it it's we have not seen this in a major way, the whole series. And to put them in this space, it's so uncomfortable for the audience. Um, And it makes a ton of sense that everything has led them to this place.
0: Yeah, I like that the episode starts out with actually a physical altercation between them. Like they're yes. they're fighting, and Blair is like pinning Sterling's arms behind her and threatening to pry open her eyelids to make her look at something. Uh, and then it ends with this, uh, you know, they, they have this like big, just emotional blow up.
1: Yes, yeah. So we can kind of we can kind of maybe start there um, because Blair has like we talked about this in the, in the last episode, like Blair is not going to sit and feel sad about her breakup with miles. She is going to channel her rage at Sterling. uh, And she's also going to completely redirect her focus onto the mystery with Debbie. Um, And we learn that um, Debbie's whole life, basically before 1999 has been scrubbed seemingly from the internet. And, um, they the twins decide to go off to Nandina this mysterious town from uh, the picture that Blair was studying at the end of the last episode and and it's you know I I really like that the dynamic that is set up here is like Sterling doesn't really care at all about the mystery she just is like feels guilty and is trying to kind of make amends to Blair and trying to um, show that she can show up you know
0: yeah, I feel like there's a real parallel. Like, at one point, uh, Blair. People who are trying for forgiveness in this episode, it's really difficult. Like, it is. Sterling is, like, begging for Blair's forgiveness throughout most of this episode, and Blair is just completely withholding it from her as hard as she can but like in order to try and get it sterling is like going on this journey with blair she's doing the like i'm gonna walk a mile if not in your shoes at least next to you uh, i'm yeah. gonna go on this journey to investigate our mother in this small town uh and bowser is kind of doing the same thing with terrence like he's Trying to go on this journey of like, okay, so we're going to hunt for the skip while, you, while your camera guy is <laughs> recording us. And I'm going to try to see what it's like in your world. And uh, that that doesn't go very well for him either. And I also feel like the parents try that when they find out that the twins are missing. They go to the yogurt shop to try to like enter into the twins world and see sure. if Bowser knows anything about them.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, so i have a I have a a question about uh April and Sterling here for you, which is um i this i guess i this is maybe the third time I've seen this episode, and this was the first time where I actually got the impression that April and Sterling had agreed in some way that Sterling was going to tell
0: I think, I, I think that whether they agreed to it or whether April just knew it was inevitable um yeah, it, it definitely seems like April is not surprised that this has happened.
1: Well, and even in their earlier conversation, um their very cute phone call about missing each other's smell and hair and lips <laughs> and all of that. Um April like Sterling is like, "Oh, I'm going like, to like her person." time I'm like spend definitely seems like is very much on the table as like the next step, which um yeah, it's just uh, it's uh, I think, yeah, April April might not be taking the steps that Sterling is wanting her to take, but she's taking a lot of steps.
0: She is. is, She's a long way from where she started.
1: Yes. And
0: I actually uh, tell me what you think of this, but I I believe that if Sterling had gone to school on this day, I think the whole situation, I think Sterling not being in school allows April's like love and paranoia to build and build and build throughout the day.
1: Yeah, I could see that. So are you saying, like, how do you think that the lock-in would have gone differently if Sterling had gone to school? Do you think that that would have gone
0: differently? No, I think that, I think that April freaks out when her dad comes home and asks about Sterling and Blair, but I don't think she would have freaked out as hard if Ezekiel and Hannah B hadn't caught her making kissy noises into her phone causing April to lie wildly about her French perfumier who is like helping her create a signature scent with notes of hickory like I mean I've called Hannah be a dim bulb Christian before but even she is definitely not buying this like and moreover uh Ezekiel like name checks Sterling when April is doing that like he talks about the lock-in and you know Sterling's playlist almost as if he's testing what April's reaction to that is going to be. So like it kind of seems like they might know that something's up. Yeah. And then later Ellen is asked like Ellen is t- telling her that she's a uh, missing out because of texting, she's a mobot, and Luke is like asking her I I heard that you and Sterling were together. So it's like it's like all of these individual things are maybe leading like leading April to have some anxiety about people possibly figuring it out. And then uh, I think if Sterling was actually there, I I don't think that those things would have played out the same way.
1: That's a, that's a really, that's a really interesting point. I mean, it's also interesting from, you know, we've been tracking kind of Sterling as maybe not the most attentive partner. And obviously there was a lot going on for her on this particular day with Blair and everything, but like, yeah, she April is kind of twisting in the wind for a lot of this episode. Mm-hmm,
0: for yeah.
1: sure, yeah. So um, they, so they kind of the, the twins kind of gather up, ready to go on this on this mission. They interact with Bowser, who is in very rough shape. He's been drinking uh, what is it like gas station wine, um, and is like passed out on the floor of the the yogurt shop. It's it's a rough
0: time. It is, and this is like the first moment of like, so we talked about all the like lone wolf stuff, like how people let you down. This is like the first moment in the episode where we also see like community being people who can show up for you in unexpected ways. And we see Sterling and Blair literally picking Bowser up off the floor where he has slept, smelling like gas station wine.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And they're trying to kind of give him a pep talk, although they're so upset with each other that they're just kind of like sniping at each other through the pep talk. Uh, He has to go throw up. Um, And then he later tries to kind of um, professionally reconcile with Yolanda. And this is where it is determined that that he and Terrence will share the the frenzy case.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. very quickly, Debbie learns that the girls are missing. And, man, the way that they just ignore their parents is really um, I mean, it's it's a it's a classic kind of teenager move, but but, man, it does not make the situation better at all. <laughs> no, it
0: is like actually the worst thing that I'm sure that they could do in this situation. And it's also in a weird way, it's like a dry run of what's gonna happen in the upcoming episode. Like the the parents are afraid that the girls have been taken, uh, and and they don't they don't make a lot of good choices, I feel like, here.
1: The the parents or the girls? The parents. The parents, yeah, agreed. Agre- I mean the girls are not making the best choice nobody's making great
0: choices here. <laughs>
1: a good point yeah um I got a a hearty laugh at the they arrive at this at the the hobo's ham eating the pig and the horror of that is really really funny um and uh Blair is like increasingly becoming convinced that Debbie did in fact live here at some point and sort of adding up clues um, a lot of which come down to the fact that nobody would ever visit this this really run down town that they that they make their way to. Yeah, um, Blair's
0: classism is not a great look here.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. That is a really interesting theme in both of these episodes. I feel.
0: Yeah, I I definitely definitely agree. Like uh, when especially when we go to the church and like Sterling makes a remark about the church because the church has like the church has the kind of name that like you just hear it's like the church of like lord jesus christ the redeemer and like commander of the lords are like it's like a very it's like a very long and very like uh you know the archangels coming down with flaming swords kind of thing and they're having a preparing for the rapture class that's going to be happening yeah um so it's like uh sterling kind of says like the longer the name the the more extreme the church is going to be and like you you, we don't really know a ton about the church that like the family goes to but like we don't know that they have a book club about the prosperity gospel but like they probably definitely do uh so it's like going to this um go into this town like like blair is not having a lot of compassion for the people who live there like she's just She's just kind of acting like it's a shithole town. And I uh, I think that that's really interesting that Blair has, like, a pretty automatic contempt for what is actually going to turn out to be, like, her, her own roots. Like, the roots of both her and Sterling.
1: I agree. I agree. And I feel like um, the next episode does a really interesting job of kind of um, making... A lot of the sort of like, the, like, I feel like in this episode, we're kind of meant to sort of maybe side with Blair a little bit. And then I feel like in the next episode, um, once we get to know Dana, like, we're sort of seeing the other side of that a little bit more. Agreed. You Agreed. know? Yeah. Um, also, did you notice this weird script thing that there keeps being this repetition of like strange words for memory? Like people keep referencing like my mu- like it's something I put in my mind palace, my recolle- my recollection storehouse, my memory castle. Yeah, it was it's very
0: Westworld, like as if some of these characters are gonna turn out to actually be robots. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is we should also note this episode was written by Genji Cohen. I don't know if you saw that. So I don't know if that's just a little quirk of hers. But I it's like multiple different characters say that, which is funny. Also, like Character actress Beth Grant is playing the, the lady at the church. She's been in like 10 million things. And she's <laughs> always good and always like vaguely creepy and also quite funny. Yeah,
0: um, she, she's all of those things here.
1: Yeah. Um, what did you make of the scene between April and Luke?
0: Oh, I thought that was actually another great example of people showing up for each other in unexpected ways, because even though, like, when when April was Sterling's enemy, she was sort of Luke's enemy by default. But in many ways, Luke was her like Luke was her true enemy because he was the one who got to be with Sterling, who's Sterling's boyfriend. Like, imagine how much April has loathed him, how much time she has spent wondering why on earth Sterling bothered with him uh but now here there's this moment where he's talking to her and he's being very genuine and talking about like the space that sterling needed and the space that he took and uh april like as as gently and as kindly as she can tells him that sterling has moved on
1: yeah yeah and it seems like april is feeling maybe some guilt here
0: she's giving him grace I think she's giving yeah like I I I say this later about um about Blair and Miles but I feel like April is trying to give Luke the gift of clarity here yeah
1: yeah I think that that's true and it is interesting how like in some ways they actually have a, a lot in common I mean they both have these really miserable home lives and there's a sense that probably both of them um have kind of almost like stood outside the
0: window in at this
1: family that a lot kinder and more loving than their own family. And of course, both of them, you know, being in love with, with the same girl.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, both of them have this uh, incredible affection, this shared affection for a, you know, sci-fi fantasy space opera where uh, a, a really important theme is that your parent isn't who you think they are. And actually they're a bad guy who tried to destroy like basically the whole world.
1: Good point. Good point. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. that that ends up being a, a it's like, I, I really like um, the star Wars thing as this, like clearly. Well, next episode thing with luke and it's like the thinnest of connections because it's like of course april's never gonna actually like make herself be in love with luke you know but it's like oh this is this can be our thing you know this can be like the the very thin little thread that ties us together
0: well yeah and i think it's interesting that luke is like uh god we're getting ahead of ourselves but like in the next episode when he's going to say to Sterling that he's thinking about asking April out because she was really nice to him at school the other day. Like that's Luke's bar. That's Luke's bar yeah. is someone was nice to me one time and like, he just needs caretaking that much. He just needs, he just needs someone to steer him around that much Yeah. Uh, that, that he's, he's ready to go.
1: Yeah, to remember to remind him to eat. Um so the Wesleys show up at the yogurt shop in the midst of like Bowser and Terrence sort of they're like kind of kind of getting on the same page about working together, kind of not. They determine that they're um that Tyler Perry is like the the, the next clue of the case. And um kind of for you know, there's sort of multiple scenes of Bowser being really distracted by his concern for the twins um, while attempting to work with Terrence. Um, And meanwhile, in Nandina, the twins are continuing to try to investigate. They um, try to get some records on their mom, but there's, initially, it seems like not much to be found.
0: Uh, Yes, and we again see that Blair's method of trying to get information, the kicking down doors and trying to you know, like local clerks' method is maybe not the most effective.
1: Yeah, I mean it's great because it's like this this guy um, Garrett, the the clerk, is he immediately dislikes Blair and immediately likes Sterling. And I mean, kind of understandably, like Blair is starts really aggressively trying to flirt with him, and is then like just she's so like she has. She has no chill at this point. And Sterling is not really that wound up yet. Like, she's, Sterling is, like, she's being pretty calm, which ultimately just infuriates Blair. Blair is, like, why aren't you more curious? Why aren't you, like, like, what's wrong with you, basically?
0: Yeah, I also really like that uh, Garrett is, like, another tertiary queer character who enters this universe. And I really like, I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying that Gaydar allows him to immediately sense that Sterling is queer, even before she's like out to her sister or anything. But the fact that we know that Sterling is a queer woman uh, and that Garrett is pretty obviously drawn as a queer man. uh, I like that they have this like instant uh, kind of connection with each other. I think that that's really nice. And especially because, it's kind of in juxtaposition to a lot of shows where like the lesbians and the gay guys are kind of like at odds, like queer as folk where like, you know, Brian Kinney father's a son, but then like is constantly just messing things up for like the rest of time.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I liked, I liked that as well that there is a sense that they feel, they feel some kind of connection, you know, on, on some, some levels for sure. For sure. Um, and then everything comes to a head with this fight that they have because there's there's no information about Debbie Blair flips out, practically launches herself across the counter. Sterling has to drag her outside, and they have this huge fight where you know Blair accuses Sterling of not having her back. Sterling points out that the choices are kind of going for the highest level of drama possible calling out the fact that that is always Blair Blair in turn accuses Sterling of being jealous and says that Sterling's life is boring outlining this whole future um that you know basically would will end with her getting back together with Luke Blair says that Sterling has no guts and Sterling in response basically spits in Blair's face that she is hooking up with April Stevens and it's just it's Oh, it's like, it's, it's, it hurts to have it come out like this. I mean, it's, it's like this awful twist of fate where it's, of course, Blair is the first person who should know, but like, not like this. And yet I also love the way Sterling describes it. She's like, she's like, I was following my heart and my heart was in my hands and in my lips and in other parts that are none of your beeswax. And it's like, she's describing, you know, she's describing this passion that she's been feeling, but she's like. She's just like, like describing it with this rage to Blair. And it's, oh man, it's a really powerful scene. It's really well acted too.
0: I really think that the, like the writing and the acting here is just outstanding on both counts because we see Sterling and Blair fighting with each other throughout this whole episode, physically fighting at the beginning, sniping at each other throughout most of it. And then here we see them just tearing into each other But the thing that I think is so great is that uh, they are fighting like two people who love each other like crazy. Like they know each other well enough that they know exactly what is gonna wound the other person the most. And they are so mad that they are like pulling off those bandages, they are saying things that like, you know that Sterling has had these thoughts in her heart about Blair stirring up drama Like, a thousand times throughout her life. But she's, like, she's, like, pulling pulling that out and, like, lighting the gunpowder here. She's going to let that go off. And Blair, similarly, has probably had these thoughts about how Sterling is going to grow up to be just like mom. But here she is, like, turning that into, like, this weaponized, you know, method of, of destruction. So I like that they fight, like, two people who love each other fight And also that as angry as they are with one another, um, they never are contemptuous of one another. Mm. They're never dismissive of each other. Like they are are fighting and they are being so mean, but they are not like disrespectful of each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a really well-drawn fight for sure. And it's, I love how you can, you can this whole episode there's sort of been this question of like when is sterling going to come out to blair when is sterling going to tell blair about april and there have been a few moments where like april has maybe come up or like they've been talking about something and it's like you just are feeling like it's it's going to happen at some point but then it kind of you know they get wrapped up in something else and what i love is that the audience can tell that Sterling is going to say it like a split second before she does. There's just the the way that it's directed and written and acted. You just you can feel it. It's like you can just feel it coming like a like a wave that's about to crest or something. And then she just explodes. And it's 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 great. It's so good. And I you know, it's it's a really. um it's a really interesting version of a coming out scene, you know, I mean, we've seen so many versions of the coming out scene at this point. Right. And the way that it's, you know, it's the, there's the, there's the, Oh my God, April's a girl of it all, but there's also, you know, bigger for Blair of course is the fact that it's this big secret. It's a secret that was kept. That's what hurts. Blair is as Blair will later say, she doesn't care that Sterling was hooking up with a girl. She cares that Sterling was hiding it from her. Um, but Sterling is is almost framing it as like this thing that is going to shock you. Right. How's that for boring?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I, I love like, first of all, um, although Sterling has like kind of said like she knows that Blair is going to support her no matter what. Um, you do, you've gotten the sense that she's been waiting for like the perfect moment. And I love that this is a very imperfect moment, Yeah. Uh, but it's a moment when like anger trumps, whatever fear you might have, like anger is just like such a powerful emotion. Uh, and that like anger is what like pushes her to get the words out um, without, without hesitating here. Uh, but also like, you know, coming out is like uh you know, it is a really important step. It's a super important step, but it is, it is one moment. It's an important moment, but what's Mm -hmm. way more important is how you're going to live the rest of your life once you are out. Um, so, you know, you might wait for the perfect moment and the perfect moment just never comes. Like it might not come for like a year or two years or three years, but really the important thing is that you do it. Like you do it and then you're out and then you're on, the other side and whatever like imaginary reactions you have imagined uh you you will not have to like just keep running them in your head because the reaction will happen and you'll know what it is and you'll be able to move forward
1: yeah agreed agreed it's like
0: it's like your wedding is not your marriage like your coming (laughs) out is not like the rest of your life of being out
1: (laughs) exactly exactly yeah it's it's really interesting i'm I'm hard pressed to think of other coming out moments on TV where the coming out is sort of almost said in anger or said as like the last word, you know, so often the coming out is, is like, you know, a character is sort of, it's framed as like a confession, you know? And this is framed as like a, it's, it's, it's like a, a, a moment of a moment of anger it's a declaration but it's an angry declaration
0: well for for so long um for so long like when i was growing up like if there was a coming out moment on tv it was like the very special episode like it was like the it was the after school special like everybody sits down and like has a talk about this um and and lately i feel like uh it's been kind of like an episode uh, like it's more of like Two characters are becoming involved, and then everybody finds out like on on p l l it was kind of like Hannah finds out because you know a sent these pictures or whatever um this is really good because it it winds up being like this very, very unexpected and very human moment
1: right right and it's and it's yeah, it's not perfectly planned right it's it's very. Um, it's an, it's an explosion of feeling, you know, and I, I like that. I like that a lot. It's not like perfectly crafted.
0: Yeah. I mean, there are a thousand ways to be gay. There are a thousand ways to come out. Like the world contains multitudes. And I, I just like that, uh, teenage bounty hunters is often interested in telling like a really unique version of a story, like a version that we maybe haven't seen or heard before. And I love that.
1: I love that too. And, and, you know, like I said, I, I love the, the sort of nuance of this, that it's like, so Blair walks away, right? And this is not Blair saying, I am shunning you for being queer, my sister. You know, this is Blair reacting to, you kept this from me. How is this possible? I thought I knew everything about you and you have revealed this thing to me that I did not know. And that is the most painful thing of all. And I love that.
0: Um, I'm also going to mention here that Blair has been uh, in in Miles, like Miles is now absent. They have broken up and Blair is uh, very hurt about this. Uh, and in his absence, Miles has become her soulmate, her one and only, The uh, I believe she actually says, the only man she could ever be with. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm keeping an eyeball on that reference uh, to Miles, and also uh, what do you think? What do you, what do you think about Blair as a possibly queer character, and what that would say about her reaction? I mean, when she is calling Sterling, when she says that you're gonna your hair is gonna get blonder, you're gonna pledge uh, Alpha Gamma Bitch Face, you're gonna marry Luke when you're 23, you're gonna have kids by age 25, you're gonna be just like Mom. Uh, Blair describes her own path as this, like, wild, unpredictable, imaginative path. Uh, And and then we get this moment between them. Is this another moment, like, when Sterling had sex before Blair did, and it made Mm. Blair reconceive who was the slutty twin? Is this a moment that is making Blair reconceive who is the queer twin?
1: That's a really interesting question. I mean, I I think it's it's possible. I mean, yeah, these are two characters who have so much of their life has been like they've defined themselves in relation to one another. And for something like this to come out, so to speak, you know, is I I can see Blair feeling like she has to do a lot of reevaluation of of many things, not just. Her understanding of sterling but potentially her understanding of herself and you know i mean if if sterling could be queer anybody could be right (laughs) in in her in her perspective
0: well they're twins they're they're alike and they're different but they're twins and like think about like think about if like you're looking at your hand and you notice like you notice like a weird bump on one of your fingers. What's the first thing that you do? You look at your other hand <laughs> sure. to see if there's a bump on the corresponding finger. And don't you just feel like in in the world of twins, that is also how that works? I just feel like that is that is a very natural. It's very natural. That's what I would imagine. I yeah
1: i i i completely i completely can see that. I completely can see that. And yeah, I mean it's it's. Blair is really rocked by this confession in, in in multiple ways, I think.
0: Well, I think she handles it really badly. I think Blair's response here is super yes. shitty. Uh, but I have more compassion for her in this moment if it is also like churning up some queer confusion uh, within her, her own psyche.
1: So how do you think Blair... Should have handled i mean i I, I don't disagree I, I also I think her walking away like this is really not helpful. Um, but how do you think that Blair should have handled this moment, given um, the degree of 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 anger that both of them are feeling?
0: Uh, I know that Blair is really angry, but this is a big deal. What Sterling is telling her is a yes. big deal, and I think that Blair should love her sister enough to let go her own whatever she's going through and like just be here in this moment and be supportive. Like even if all she did was say, I am still so fucking mad at you, but you're my sister and I love you. Like, I feel like that would be sufficient. Uh, and she does. Yeah. Like, I, I think that these two episodes are very much about like choosing who the person is, who you, choosing who you want to be. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that I think that both Blair and Sterling are kind of disappointed by the person that Blair chooses to be in this particular moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I am glad about is that it, this episode and the one that follows it, neither one lingers in this idea of like Blair does not accept Sterling. Right. You know, it's not like there's a, there's a concern about that or like that's even really teased as a possibility. Um, But It almost seems like Blair, yeah, Blair is so caught up in her own stuff and also it's almost like Blair is taking for granted this idea of like, well, of course I'd be okay with it, you know, like she's making it, she's making it about her to a certain extent and that is, um, when someone comes out to you, the last thing... Not the last thing. I mean, there are worse things to do than this. But one of the worst things you can do is to make it all about you.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I have a, I have a, a friend, a guy I went to college with, who is uh, a Christian minister. And on National Coming Out Day, which was like a few weeks ago, uh, he always posts on Facebook, like to all my like friends in the clergy. If any young person comes out to you today, let the first verse you quote be be not afraid. And I think that that's really good advice. Uh, and I think that, like, that idea of, like, the first emotion that you put forth to, is, is one that is supportive. I feel yeah. like that's just really important. Like, I think that Blair could learn a lot from Hannah Maron in this particular in this particular realm.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. It's funny. I mean, she does have her Hannah Marin moment in the next episode. But it's, it, it, it needed to be a little bit more immediate, I think. agree yeah Yeah. so she runs off to call bowser um who abandons uh getting the skip to counsel her i love that she calls him you know she says that that sterling she she is she is putting a lot of words in sterling's mouth about how (laughs) sterling hates her about how sterling thinks she's an asshole about how you know they're they're just they hate you know she hates sterling all of this like none of None of the things that she says on the call are really actually words that were exchanged during the fight. Um, but he says, you know, that sometimes we say things that we don't mean, uh, especially when it comes to family. Um, meanwhile, Sterling calls April.
0: I love that for all of for all the action that's happening in these episodes, that the big moments are these emotional conversations, the big fight between Sterling and Blair. Yes. And then this phone call between Blair and, and Bowser, who are, like, like, when Sterling and Blair are not getting along and when Blair is kind of, like, exiled from her parents as well because she thinks that they're lying to her and there's all this stuff about her mom, like, uh, and she's broken up with Miles. Like, we see the way that, like, Blair's support system has now, like, dwindled to the point where Bowser is, like, all she's got um yeah. and i love that he chooses like he makes this choice to be there for her and it's not even about what he's saying he's just saying you know it's going to be okay but he's speaking to her with like so much care and and so much trust uh that it's just like that's that's so vital i'm so glad that blair has someone in her life who's going to who's going to do that for her
1: and he's prioritizing her which yes. she's been feeling really not prioritized by sterling right now so i so it's it's i think she she needs to feel like somebody is and not and by their parents she's been feeling like they've just been sort of avoiding you know avoiding the truth and all of that so i think she she needs to feel prioritized by somebody
0: yeah yeah Yeah. agree 100 percent. but i I love the conversation between her and bowser especially because like she has just heard some hard truths from Sterling in this fight. Like later Blair is going to say like, I hated what you said It it made me want to punch you in the face because you're right. Like you're right that I do this thing and that I gin up this drama because I want to feel, I, I want it to be my actions that make life feel bad instead of life feeling bad on its own. And like Bowser is a person who woke up on the floor of his office covered in gas station wine this morning. He is familiar with this particular pattern of, behavior it's not you know it, it's not something that's foreign to his life at all
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly um, and then we have this phone call be- or this FaceTime call between Sterling and April um, first of all April has like the flirtiest face when she answers <laughs> the call which is very sweet she, she greets Sterling by saying hey truant which I love um, <laughs> and then immediately is like what's wrong when she sees Sterling's face Um, Sterling tells her what happened and April, April is really interesting here because she is concerned immediately when it's clear that like the coming out to Blair did not go great. Um, but then she's also really supportive to Sterling and she, um, she Blair take note. She makes it about Sterling and about Sterling's relationship with Blair. She doesn't make it about herself or about, you know, oh, my God, what are we going to do? The one person that we thought was going to be our ally is not our ally. We've got to, you know, <laughs> we've got to get on a Greyhound bus and head west. Like, you know, she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't do any of that. She's she's trying to be comforting. Um, you know, she says that they've that she's got Sterling and Sterling's got her. It's very sweet. Sterling um, Sterling, I think, is really needing also some reassurance. And so she's like, we must come out tonight now to everybody. <laughs> we will sleep next to each other and hold hands and declare our love to the entire student body. Um, and April, for her part, is like actually entertaining this idea. Um, yeah, this is just... Um, i Sterling is, Sterling is really emotionally raw and needing to feel I think um needing to feel some 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 validation here and wanting feeling like this is the best option for that
0: they are so cute in all of their phone calls that they have yes. in this episode April and Sterling are so freaking cute it is They're just adorable. oh my god I love it so much The the kissy noises the like having a hard time hanging up like All of this is just absolutely adorable. Um, And I think that this is actually, like, this is the thing that is threatening to Blair, even more so than the idea of Sterling having secrets. The thing that's a threat to Blair is that Sterling now has another really solid source of emotional support. Um, She has, like, she has someone she can go to in a way that Blair does not right now, and a way that Blair didn't have even when she had Miles. Um, so I think that that's really like that's really the thing that is like throwing their throwing them off off balance, in my opinion.
1: That's a great point. That's a great point because Luke was never really a threat to that. You know, <laughs>
0: no, he was not a threat to their emotional intimacy in any way. <laughs>
1: No, but but for it to be not just Sterling with a girl, but Sterling with April, who there's so much history there and so much depth of emotion and understanding and, you know, um, just connection like they April and Sterling connect in a lot of ways, not just sexually, but like they connect in a lot of ways that um, Sterling and Blair don't. You know, they have they have you know, forensics and they have the, the, you know, fellowship leadership, fellowship leader, and like all of these things that um, are important to them that Blair is not, that Blair is kind of on the outside of, and um, not to mention just their general connection and, and years of, of their fraught and then ultimately less fraught dynamic. So that's a great point. That's a great point. April does pose a, a threat in a, unique way
0: well and also like Blair has said a bunch of times like now that Miles is not immediately here in the picture Blair's Blair is like just like blowing up her emotions for him like just like when when he was around she was like kind of dismissive and like he he called her flighty a lot and stuff like that like when he was here, like she was kind of hot and cold, take him or leave him. Now that he's like broken up with her, she's just like, I was in love. I love him. I love him so much. Uh, and I think like she's saying that, uh, whether or not she believes it, but like, listen to what Sterling was saying about April during their fight. Like I was following my heart and my lips and my hands and these places that are known you be like, I think that that's another threat. Like sterling may actually be in love which is something that blair really like wishes that she has experienced but maybe hasn't and maybe realizes that she hasn't well yeah and i mean look at the last
1: episode like blair it was not necessarily easy for blair but she made the call that miles prioritizing the, her relationship with miles was not what she was going to do she was going to prioritize. The mystery and what did sterling do she prioritized her relationship with april she prioritized it over blair she prioritized it over the mystery that was the that was what that was worth to her you know and um that i think hurts blair on multiple levels because first of all that's the choice that sterling made but second of all that's not the choice that blair made
0: nor is it a choice if they had to do it again it is unclear like sterling is sorry about the outcome she's sorry that miles and blair broke up over this yeah but sterling does not like in her heart she does not accept 100 percent responsibility for that outcome because she understands as blair kind of understands later blair could have done some things differently um it is it is unclear whether if blair had the situation to go through again whether she would choose differently i'm not sure she would
1: Right. Nor nor do I necessarily think Sterling would. Sterling does not seem to to regret um I mean, how could Sterling regret the night that she had? You know, no. I mean, come on. No. She was being ravaged, like <laughs>
0: Yeah, she she's actually she seems pretty happy about it. Yeah, husband, yeah, yeah. To be yeah. honest.
1: Indeed. So who's that knocking at the door? But, uh, John Stevens. Boo! Boo, indeed. Ugh, he is back from the dead. (laughs) Um, I mean, he should be from the dead. But, um, yeah, this is, this is, this is not a return that we are happy to see.
0: No, no, and this is also, like, lone wolf versus community, Uh, As soon as John Stevens appears back in the family community of April, that is going to permanently impact what April is willing and able to do in the situation with Sterling. Yes.
1: Yes. So here's a question. If John Stevens had not arrived home, would April have slept next to Sterling at the lock-in? Yes.
0: (laughs) My answer to that is yes.
1: (laughs) There was not much consideration that had to go into that. No no yeah you think you think she would have
0: I do I think that uh I think that everything in their interactions even though April was like worried about people maybe finding out like I think April is like nudging towards the idea that maybe it wouldn't be that bad but as soon as her dad is there in the flesh and she she described her parents as a. Uh, What does she say? Like they're horrible bigots or irredeemable bigots or something. Homophobic bigots. Um, Yeah, hateful bigots. As as soon as he... Hateful bigots, there you go. uh, As soon as he is back in the flesh and ready to take over the reins of the family again, uh, I think that that is definitely going to change the equation in her mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh, it's, it's... Like, man... John Stevens <laughs> ruining everything. Mm-hmm. Um. So we have this very, um, very exciting kind of end-ending sequence to this episode, where the parents are ransacking the girl's room and determine that the girls they know, you know, they they kind of put together the the you know the Nandina clues. Um, Bowser watches the footage from Terrence, which paints him in a very poor light, and then ultimately starts destroying his office. And as he is doing that, the girls are driving home and they get a call from Garrett the Records guy. Uh
0: another instance of community people who show up for you in unexpected ways. Yes. Very good.
1: And he sends them a picture of a Wanted poster for $90,000 for a woman who very much appears to be Debbie, just as Bowser finds the same poster on his list of um, big money skips.
0: Yes, this is like an interesting, it's an interesting end to this episode because this is, um, this is like a cliffhanger, which is not something we often see on the show
1: it is it is it's a cliffhanger and it's very um yeah the music is really kind of spooky and it's just it they're they're, gen- they're generally just setting up like lots 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 to come lots more is going to happen here
0: oh my gosh what i i love this episode uh i do have uh an important question for you okay uh, i am a vegetarian So I don't really have to make the decision about whether or not I would eat the hobo ham. Uh, Do you eat ham? I do, but I I would not eat that ham. (laughs) You would decline to eat the hobo ham.
1: I would absolutely decline to eat the the hobo ham. The homo ham. The hobo ham.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait. So you would decline to eat the hobo ham if it were the same establishment, but if it were called homo ham. (laughs) I think would you I would. Th- have a different answer. I think I'd have some
1: questions. I think I'd have some some questions about what? what okay. Where does this name come from? What is the ham made of? Like, what are we doing here? It's just like a, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Very. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah. The 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 fly and the guy picking his nose and the just yeah none of, yeah nope 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 nope. But I do like that they genuinely consider it.
0: Yeah, I feel like that was the only good choice that was really made yes. during during most of this episode.
1: And I'm glad that they didn't like have it, and then the whole up the rest of the episode was them having food poisoning. Because
0: yes, that would have really that that would have impacted the narrative significantly.
1: <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I just again just like this episode and the next episode are they're so so good. The acting is so good this cast is great like this cast is just really 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 good
0: <laughs> yes this cast is 100 percent amazing yeah
1: well we have air that we want to say about episode 9 before we move along to episode 10
0: i think it's time i think it's time to move into episode 10 So our, our next and last
1: for now episode is uh, episode 10, something sour patch, which I feel like there are, there are many themes running through this particular episode. You know, I think there's a lot in there about like, can you ever outrun your past? Um, what is the meaning of family? Again, that question of like, does the truth set us free? Does the truth tear us apart? Um, yeah, what what about you?
0: Oh, I definitely agree. I mean, the truth will set you free, which is like a big thing in Christian theological circles. But at what price, like is a question that this is that this is asking? Uh, it's also very much, you know, like you said uh, about can you outrun your past or just that you can't run forever? Um, and also the idea of letting go. like there's a lot of letting go that has to happen here. Uh, there's a lot of, of questions of like, who are you when the chips are down? Like, yes. who are any of us? And also just the, the idea of, of making the right choice. Like, that's something uh, that Sterling says to Dana, like, you can still make the right choice. And to just look at moments when the characters throughout this, this episode um, are making the right choice or the wrong choice. And it starts off with a pretty wrong choice. It starts with the twins getting home. And uh, we are now, I feel like well beyond the point where their parents should be leveling with them far more than they currently are. Um, But we, we come in and the parents have a new set of lies to offer their daughters.
1: Yes. Yes, this being the fact that or the, the lie, really, that Debbie was the one who is wanted by um, by the police for a, a setting fire to an abortion clinic. Um, and this is really interesting because it's like Debbie would rather have her daughters think that she did something like this than, um, than for for them to know the truth.
0: Yeah, um Anderson and Deb are trying to run forever. They're trying to run forever from the largest secret of the many secrets that they're keeping from their daughters.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting that um I mean it it seems that the largest secret is like it's like Russian nesting dolls of secrets, right? And it seems that the that the that the one at the very core is, you know, that Sterling is in fact, Dana's daughter. Right. And the fact that they would go to any length to protect that is fascinating to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're trying to like run forever. They're making a super, super bad choice here. Um, and I, do you feel like, uh, the, the thing that I thought was really heartbreaking in this scene is like, Blair is asking them a bunch of questions like, you know, did did the police question you? How did it feel? Like, you know, Blair is like asking all these types of questions. And the question that Sterling asks is, are we safe?
1: Yeah. And
0: her parents say, yes. Yeah. And yeah. that is like, like later in this episode, Bowser is going to say, lying to your family is unforgivable. And I feel like when... When Sterling says, are we safe? And her parents say, yes, I feel like that is the most unforgivable lie of the various lies that are flying around in the air uh, in this house at this time.
1: Is it crazy that I still feel like they're better parents than the
0: Montgomery's? (laughs) <laughs> oh no, I mean they they're they like engaged. They're engaged parents even though like they're keeping a wild amount of secrets themselves. Uh, they're engaged and loving parents and they are like yeah. proactive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're not they're not uh selling their daughter to her English teacher. Um yeah, yeah, it's that I I completely agree that 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 line is like the the hardest, the hardest one to swallow knowing what's going to happen, especially that Sterling is the one who asks it and Sterling is the one who will be in the most danger in this episode.
0: And they must know that Sterling is in the most danger like they have yeah. got to be aware of that.
1: Well, and that's what they seemingly thought happened in the last episode because Debbie called we don't actually ever see the other side of that conversation but Debbie called presumably Dana and said what have you done with my girls mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, this is somehow all the same night as the lock-in and um, Anderson and Debbie and their desire to just be like everything's fine we're going back to normal <laughs> or like time to go to the lock-in girls <laughs> uh, uh, but before that can happen I um, Well, there's an interesting thing where Sterling says that they can't judge their mom. And Blair draws a distinction between that they put away bad guys and their mom was a bad guy. And that because they're talking about this idea of living a double life.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because Deb is living a double life. The twins are living a double life as bounty hunters, which Sterling points out. But Sterling is also living a little bit of a double life in terms of her uh, still under wraps to the parents relationship with April.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very Mona in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are summoned to the yogurt shop where they have this really just devastating conversation with Bowser, where he is basically saying, you know, did you guys just get involved with me to cover for your mom? You know, they assure him, no, they just found out about it. And he's, he, this is like ultimate. Um, this is, this is uh it, <laughs> My, my writing teacher, we call this an extinction burst where he is just completely going back to like the his old his old behavior of like, I don't need anybody. I shouldn't have connections with anybody. It was a mistake to 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 bring you in. It was, you know, it was a mistake for me to care for you guys. Feelings are stupid. You know, like <laughs> I'm done. I'm done caring for other people. And Blair calls him out for that. Um, but he he fires them and sends them off.
0: I, I love that you called it an extinction burst. And I also love that even though he is like, I am setting fire to this bridge. You guys have been leading me down this path and it is the wrong path for me. I'm mad about it. I'm mad that you convinced me that change was possible. I'm, I'm torching this. I'm torching our working relationship. I, I'm not like, you're nothing to me now, you're done. Even after all that, he's still not going to go after their mom. Like I, I like that we don't have the story, like make him behave in such an out of character way that he's going to try to like extract revenge by taking their mom in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Like he, and he, he even says like, I'm going against my ethical code. You know, this whole season he said, it's just about the money. It's just about the money. I don't care about the skips. You know, um, I don't care about the Skip's ethics. I don't care about if they're guilty or if they're innocent. I just care about the money. And as much as he is so upset to be in this situation, he's still not going to give Debbie up.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And I also feel so much for Blair here because she lost Miles. And now she's losing Bowser and bounty hunting at the same moment. So this is just like one body blow after another for her.
1: Yeah. And she even calls that out right after this. She says, you know, she's just, you know, being rejected basically all over the place. Um, And the twins have this much needed heart to heart where Blair admits that Sterling was right. You know, she would rather stir things up. So life feels bad because of her actions rather than life just feeling bad, Um, which is a really interesting idea and something that I don't feel like is a concept that really gets like verbalized very much, but I think is a pattern that is is actually fairly common. Um, and uh, Blair says that she loves Miles. She loves Miles the way that Luke loves Sterling, which they can both acknowledge at this point is different from the way that Sterling loved Luke. Um, Sterling says that it could be that way with April. Um, and there's just they're very cute where they kind of Blair, you know, finally says that she doesn't care if Sterling were to bang a ficus she just doesn't want her to hide stuff. Um, Sterling, Sterling is going to find out what girls do together. It's, it's very cute. Um, Sterling encourages Blair to go after Miles, which is really, I mean, that is, I feel like that is quite a a sacrifice that Sterling makes there because earlier in the episode, even when they were still fighting, she said, you know, I, I need you there with me at the lock-in for moral support because she thinks that they're basically coming out to the whole school, her and April, on this night, and Sterling, Sterling gives gives that sense of security up here.
0: Yeah, I also think the lock-in would have gone a lot differently if Blair had been there.
1: Yeah, Sterling wouldn't have gotten kidnapped.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she would have had someone to be there with her when she was like so sad, and someone to like, yeah, it it would have been it would have been very different. Uh, I am also still on the queer Blair alert, uh, in that Blair brings up scissoring. That's true. <laughs> like, what have you been reading, Autostraddle? What fanfics are you into, Blair? Tell us. Tell us a little bit more about where you got this from.
1: What fanfic do you think Blair would read?
0: I. i'm sorry
1: i'm totally putting you on the spot
0: um i don't know but i think um I, i i'm just saying i definitely think that she has been uh on ao3 and and searching some of the like ff tags over there
1: i could see it i could see it yeah for sure for sure um i feel like she might be into like um like i feel like i could see blair like watching a lot of like Law and Order since bounty hunting, like as a way to just kind of like. Oh right, up the right. So maybe
0: like some SVU, Alex Olivia from exactly. back in the day. That's where I was going. Like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I, um, I. Oh, Buffy Faith. I feel like she'd be into that. Too. Buffy
0: Faith. Um. Also, maybe some uh, Root and Shaw from Person of Interest.
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I
0: could. I could see that. She'd probably be very. She's probably watched a lot of Killing Eve. I think.
1: Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like um I feel like Sterling would be pr- pretty into that. Just like <laughs> based on the based on like what we understand about what Sterling is like into, I feel like I feel like that would mm. that would press some of her buttons.
0: Uh, I also just want to call out the uh, I love him the way that Luke loves you, and like what what Blair means in that moment is that it's this big all encompassing love. But I actually want to look at that on a granular level and say, uh, the way Luke loves Sterling, so we're talking obsessively, and we're also talking without really knowing her that well uh, and I think that it works on on it, it tracks her her discussion of that tracks on both levels
1: well and and also in this sort of yeah, this sort of um like extremely not connected to reality way.
0: Yeah. Yes, and in a way that might have a lot to do with compulsive heterosexuality. <laughs> just thinking out loud here. Are we are we
1: saying that Luke might be queer too?
0: I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe I Is there is there any Luke Franklin fic out there? I'm just Franklin was very upset. Locker room
1: talk. I mean, it is it is everybody pray everybody gay. So like mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we, we're getting kind of these shots of this woman who appears to be Debbie being sent off by Anderson with the truck. Um, she calls a man who says that he is waiting for her. She's also keeping an eye on Sterling's Instagram. Um, Sterling arrives at the lock-in. I love sweet, innocent Ellen completely disbelieving (laughs) that this lock-in could in any way promote sexual activity
0: i ellen is like at the most ellen in in this in the lock-in uh she is wearing a pair of onesie pajamas she is like scooting around on a scooter for like like for not really any reason like everyone else is perfectly capable of walking around the school but ellen has this scooter this onesie pajama situation Um, she's worried that like the Prince of Egypt, the cartoon Moses might be like too sexualized and she's hoping that there's some good Charlotte on the playlists that she can rock out. Um, Ellen, uh, Ellen is living her best life here.
1: Yes, she, she really is. She really is. Um, I think the only thing that would make this night better for her would be if Sterling and April were in a better place because we know how she ships the two of them agreed yeah um and so sterling like so there's this business where like april's running late and sterling's kind of like we know that sterling's like kind of waiting for her and she eventually approaches april and april has not saved her a spot she's completely icing her out and to add real insult to injury she is flirting
0: with luke it's rough i mean this is this is a lot this is like it would be one thing if she were just icing her out but she is like icing her out and seeming like she's gonna get together with sterling's ex-boyfriend like this is like this is like not just icy this is like i am doing my best to like repel you to the to the another galaxy
1: Uh, far far away um Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. It is, it also is interesting in that it it kind of raises a question of like, um, April hasn't had, April has never dated a boy or public or, you know, presented as though she was dating a boy. Um, And it's, I mean, I think that she's she's doing this with Luke to repel Sterling, but I also think that she's, she's really floating this idea of like, this might be the next step for me is to oh. like, this is going to be what I do next.
0: I mean, yeah. And it's, it's really kind of messed up because Luke, um, she's banking on Luke, not being bright enough to know the difference. Uh, and that's like, that's something that Sterling never would have done to him.
1: Yeah. And, and Luke, seems to actually like April, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's not fair to anybody, including herself, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, This is, this is an example of April wanting to run forever. Uh, This is, this is an example of April wanting to run forever from who she actually is.
1: Well, and just like we were talking about last time, how like, there's a lot of difference between like, we have to come out tomorrow and we, you know, can never be together there's also a lot of difference between, you know, coming out tomorrow and April dating Luke. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes, there is like a very wide expanse of space in between those two things. And again, like it would have been a lot better if they could have had a conversation about this at any point.
1: Yeah, and and Sterling tries to make that happen. You know, she says like I want to talk, you know, let's let's go talk and April It's like April, you know, it's like she doesn't even trust herself to be in the same room, you know, alone in a room with Sterling right now.
0: She knows what's going to happen. I mean, April, April knows herself. April knows herself better than Sterling knows herself, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And oh, man, the next scene that to talk about the two of them is going to be rough. Um, But before that, Blair arrives at Miles's hulking mansion with like 20 butlers his and
0: beautiful antebellum home where all the servants are white and I love it
1: I know I, I like that a lot too um and she marches right in his family is having dinner she declares her love for him it's very it feels like it's, it's gonna be the big rom-com moment and his parents don't know who she is he hasn't told them about her
0: I love that she goes through the big rom-com moment and it doesn't work. That makes me so happy. Running through the rain never solved a single problem in a relationship. It has made people wet and out of breath, but it has never like changed (laughs) one iota of like who people are or the difficulties between them. And so I love that she like goes through this whole thing and then it just like, it's just like a lead balloon.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, the, the conflict here is, is, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting one. You know, she storms out, he follows, she tells him off, you know, he says that she doesn't know who she is. She replies that she does know who she is. And, you know, he's not going to get to see all the cool shit that she'll do. Um, She kind of declares herself as all these, all these things, um, ending with describing herself as a woman in training, which I love um it's a really unusual place to kind of leave this relationship because miles you know he isn't a total villain here but it's it feels really clear that they're not meant to be together you know it's not i it's hard to watch this and be like oh yeah i really hope that they get back together in season two um and blair seems to kind of understand that she's obviously very heartbroken I also find it really fascinating that both Miles and April have this conflict around their families, you know, that this idea of this relationship does not fit in with my family. And that is significant, especially as a teenager.
0: Well, yeah. And I think that it gives us the fact that like, not every family is like Blair and Sterling's family. Like they're very lucky. Uh, Like I said in in the last episode, like privilege is uh, like, unconditional love is its own form of enormous privilege uh, right. that they come from that a lot of these other characters don't um but I'll also say that like Blair's final kiss off to Miles here this is like one of the great breakup speeches of all time like this is like the L word when Tina and Bet are giving Alice the like the monologue to give to Gabby DeVoe like We're in different places and want different things. And I respect myself too much to let you continue to treat me this way. It's clear to me now that you're an emotional cripple without any kind of capacity to understand true love, um, which is like, that's bad ableist language from the L word. But uh, this where, where Blair is just saying like, I am all of these incredible things. I'm going to do so much cool shit. And I feel sorry for you that you won't get to see it. Like, this is just a great, great moment of her deciding that she is done with this man. And I'm so glad that we get to see it.
1: Yeah, I am too. And it's just, it's a very satisfying, um, it's very satisfying. It's a really satisfying response to him saying, you don't know who you are. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know exactly who I am, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, this is like... He, he was right when he originally broke up with her and said, I'm not into all of this drama, which like she really responded by doing a very dramatic thing in terms of like dodging two manservants servants to burst into his family dinner. Um, however, uh, he was right when he gave her that version of the breakup. When he tries to say here, like you don't know yourself well enough to know what you want, this, that's garbage. That's like crappy boyfriend garbage. And I'm really glad that she doesn't let him get away with that.
1: Yeah, I am too. It's very satisfying for her to get to the last word here. For sure. For sure. Yeah,
0: and, and really, like, the thing that she gets for doing this rom-com moment is the gift of clarity. Like, she gets the gift of clarity that, like, this was not right and it was not going to be right. It was not what she thought it was. It was not what she built it up to be in her head.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Now she can, she can go home and and read some queer fanfic and and figure some more things out for herself.
0: Yes, yes. Also, uh, back at the lock in, I really like that we learned from Ellen that in Sterling and April's coming in late, that Hannah B and Ezekiel were the ones in a power struggle, That like there was this vacuum Uh, in which they then started to argue about which movie they were going to watch.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. I like that too. A lot. (laughs) I agree. Um, I like, I just, I like that their dynamic is, I don't know. It's very entertaining. It's, 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 it's great. It's great. Yeah. Um, so Sterling, she, she's like, she kind of decides to like, uh, twist the knife a little bit here by cranking up the slow burn in front of uh, April and Luke. April is like crying while trying to smile and eat pizza, which is just, (laughs) this is, this is quite a night. This is quite a night that they're having. Um, Sterling is like, she turns on the music and then she's just like desperate to get out. Like she has to get out of here. Um, She, she, you know, tries all these different doors Finally, comes to one door. It won't open. She collapses against it. April comes over and unlocks the door. And I am not at the, all the first person to say this, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But I just, I, I love kind of this metaphor of like April letting Sterling out and then locking herself back inside.
0: Yes, yes. I well, this is this is about letting go. Like April can't give Sterling what Sterling wants, which is for them to be in this relationship together, but she can give Sterling what she immediately needs in this moment, which is to not have to continue being at the lock-in, which honestly is a, is a, as much a gift to April, who certainly finds it difficult and draining to be putting on this show of indifference uh, as it is for Sterling to watch it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, it's the, and again, other people have pointed this out. I'm not taking credit for this observation, but like, that this all started with April locking the door, locking Ellen's door, you know, yeah, yeah. and that here it here it ends with her unlocking the door and letting Sterling out. Um, but April follows her out, and they have this devastating conversation um, where April says that she isn't ready to come out. Sterling asks what changed. April says something that I think is really important. She said, "I changed my mind, and that I'm allowed to do that." Um, she says that as long as her dad is her dad, she can't be out, sexually speaking. Um, she explains that her dad got cleared of his charges and she has to focus on her family. Sterling is clearly very concerned about the fact that John Stevens is out. Um, especially when April brings up the fact that he asked about Sterling and Blair, which of course April is interpreting as him knowing about April offers a maybe someday and Sterling sort of echoes that and then says she actually doesn't know. It's really incredibly sad. They're both crying. Um, It's we're all crying, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's sad and it's, it's complicated. And April says bye to Sterling. And this is the last we see of April Stevens. And that is a crime
0: and the other shoe is left undropped like when sterling says i don't know sterling doesn't know because she knows it's still out there that she and blair are the ones who took april's dad into custody like that's a really big like that's a really big thing uh that for april for whom family is so important and who idolized her dad before his real character was revealed here um that's that's not something that is going to create no friction in their future interactions.
1: Yes, exactly, exactly, and yeah, I mean it's it's much like how you know Sterling coming out to Blair in the last episode was layered by the secrets and the you know everything that we talked about. Um, this is this is a layered, a really layered conflict too, which I love. You know that it's and they. They don't, they, neither one of them can fully understand the other's perspective here because Sterling, she just right now can't understand this idea that April wouldn't come out. You know, she can't understand this idea that like love and the truth can't trump everything because in her mind they can. And as we've talked about, she has grown up with unconditional love being a given, um, April doesn't really understand Sterling's reaction here because she doesn't know that Sterling is a bounty hunter who captured her father. So it's just it's it's there there's like the layers of misunderstanding here.
0: And the fact that Sterling wants to let this secret ride. Like she's she's just going to like this is an instance where Sterling is going to try to run forever. Like Maybe April will just never find out. Like, maybe it'll just never come up.
1: Right. So, given that this is the last time we see April, can we just have, like, a moment of appreciation for April Stevens as a character?
0: Oh, my gosh. April Stevens as a character. What? Like, she is... um... When you were talking about, like, has she ever dated a boy before, I was thinking, like, she's so Paris Geller. Like, she's the kind of person who, like, was maybe paying a cousin to take her to a school dance. Uh, like, yes. that, that kind of situation. Um, but I, I just love that she, she knows who she is. Uh, she's not going to apologize for it. She's never going to pretend that she's not as smart as she is. Uh, and... I love that she had this capacity for like softness and for love and for happiness that she got to explore with Sterling, however brief it was.
1: I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. I think she's, um, she's a really interesting character. You know, I love that she's tough and mean and not always terribly likable, but like you said, has this, this softness and, you know, is, is somebody who just wants to be loved, you know, I think underneath it all. And also is incredibly brave. Like that. I think that that's something, you know, she, she said that she wasn't brave in, in one of the last episodes that we talked about, but I think she made enormous strides throughout this season and had an incredible amount of character development in not very much time, I love that she is a character who who blossomed into a love interest that was a really, like it was such a, like a great love interest, like their relationship was so compelling, but she was more than that. You know, she had her own, um, has, I'm not going to talk about her in the past tense, has her own, you know, complexities and um, conflicts within herself and it's just a, 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 really wonderful addition to sort of the canon of queer characters i just i i am i'm so sad that we leave her here because i i want to believe that april goes on to live a a beautiful wonderful out happy free life um and i'm i'm just so so glad that that we got her for the time that that we did because i i just I, I love I love this character. I, I've loved her more with every rewatch. Um and it's you know, it's it's interesting, like I feel like um there's so many there are increasingly, of course, more and more like queer characters and queer storylines on TV, right? Um and a lot of times it'll be kind of I feel like it'll be kind of like, well, this is pretty good. You know, or like talking, (laughs) talking oneself into, into being really into it, you know? Um, And there was none of that for me with the Sterling April relationship or with April's character. I just was all in. Um, And, and that's, that's a, that's a great feeling. Hear, hear. Yeah.
0: so uh the next thing that happens we get some more of people like being there for you as part of your community we see blair uh being comforted by her dad Mm -hmm. uh she is not estranged from so much as she has been from her mom uh she's cuddling with anderson on the couch and he's he's telling her that it's going to be okay that there are going to be other boys uh and then we get this moment between luke and sterling uh luke is there to comfort her as a friend genuinely as a friend um he starts citing the beatitudes and saying that luke is patient luke is kind um which is just so cute um and they talk they have this moment of talking about how people change uh and then sterling is like kind of teetering on the edge of blair's prophecy that you know, she might get back with Luke because it's safe and it's not complicated. Uh, and she very briefly kisses him.
1: Yes. Yes. And, oh, man, to me, this is, like, a really devastating scene. And um, Maddie Phillips, who plays Sterling, is so good in it. And to me, this the, the line that just gets me is when Luke basically sort of asks permission to ask out April. And... Sterling has this whole face journey um, that Luke is like not. I mean, he sees, but he's not. You know, he doesn't know have context for. And you know, she says you should do what you want to do. And then she says so tearfully, "I'll bet she says yes." And that line just kills me. It's so, it's so, it's just so sad. And I feel like it says so much about kind of what Sterling believes about April and about her relationship with April at this point.
0: I really agree. I really agree. And I, I feel like this is also like this is an example of like the grace that is being passed around between them all that like Yeah. Sterling is like doing her best to give this, you know, she's a hundred percent against it, but she's doing her best to like be a good Christian and give it her blessing if that's what they both want.
1: Right. Right, exactly. And you also just I mean, think about yeah, Sterling, who, like, the truth is the number one thing. And this the idea of this kind of relationship just kills her, you know? I'm mm-hmm. sure it just kills her. Um,
0: so they kiss... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, keeping track of, like, the truth will set you free. We saw the truth set Blair and Miles free, like, previously. Yeah. and And then we saw, like, a moment of, like, the truth... Like, is the truth going to set them free? Is the truth not going to set them free with April and Sterling? And now we have this moment between Sterling and Luke where, like, this is not a price that that Sterling is going to pay at this time. Right, right. Although I really do think if Sterling
1: were to, I mean, it wouldn't really be her place in terms of the April part, but if Sterling were to, like, come out to Luke here or open up to him more, I think he'd be incredibly supportive.
0: Listen, do you really think that Luke doesn't know right now? He saw Sterling from a window and it looked like she was crying. Do we really think he didn't see April out there? Do, you re- do we really think that he didn't look out the window because he was looking for April, who he wants to be his new girlfriend?
1: And see Sterling, like, dodge in to try to kiss her? Um, yeah. I, I don't know if he... Do you think he'd have this reaction if he, didn't, if he did suspect? Or if he did not know, maybe I guess maybe he would. Yeah, it's it's totally possible. I mean, I that was a question I had is like, what does Sterling, what or what must Luke think of like, what of what's going on with Sterling in April here? Yeah,
0: I yeah, I think that there is a good chance that Luke knows more than he's admitting that he knows here.
1: Very possible. Very possible. Um. So just then, a woman who sure looks like Debbie pulls up in the truck to um, to pick up Sterling and she's super weird. She's just like, she's got big wild eyes. Her accent is like a little rougher around the edges. She's She doesn't know who Luke is. Um, and I love that Sterling gets to figure out that this is not her mother. Pretty quickly. Very quickly. And that she catches her in a lie. Like Sterling gets to be smart, which is, Take note p l l This is how you do a twin reveal <laughs>
0: um I don't know if we've talked about it yet because we we haven't really gotten to the alex Drake uh seasons of, of p l l though we've talked about her in passing. um what would your tell be if if I had to tell you from your evil twin uh what would be oh. what would be the thing that that a person should like ask or look for?
1: Oh man, that is such a good question um. Gosh. Huh. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta think about that. I okay, mean, I, I feel like I'm tempted to say something boring, like you know, like pets' names, or like you know, something. I guess that's what Sterling does. So I'm not being very creative. Um, what about you? What about you? Do you have an answer for that?
0: Uh, well, during during the PLL Alex Drake uh, phenomenon. Uh, I had asked my sister about it because we were talking about that ending of the show. And uh, my sister said that she would uh, she would try to ask me about Buffy episode titles uh, because that's, <laughs> that's something that I always know that she doesn't know. And I said, well, I don't think that that would be very effective because you wouldn't know if I was answering correctly. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, but if you like hesitated about them, then that would probably tip me off um and then I I asked my partner about it too and she uh she said I would I would make you list all of one of our cats uh we have like a zillion names for her she has like an extremely long name and I can never say all of the names in the correct order and uh so Kristen was like I would I would ask you to say all the names in order and I was like what a horrible tell! I would never be able to do that. I would never be able to prove that it was me. And she was like, "No, no, no! If you were your evil twin, you would have like found it out and like memorized it off of a sheet of paper, so you would be able to do it flawlessly, and then I would know that it wasn't you." And then you'd know. And I was like, "Okay, okay."
1: Because like that's the question is like, is how how much research has has evil twin done, right? Like, is evil twin because like Dana? Dana is not a very good evil twin like, research not,
0: Research is not the strength of this particular evil twin
1: no she couldn't even like dump the cigarettes out of, <laughs> out of the cup you know
0: but like alex drake she well she does a
1: pretty good job i feel like um maybe questionable um yeah i feel like for me um it, probably it would be it would be something like kind of like the buffy thing like something kind of pop culture related or something um Again, it's like though, would my evil twin have this skill too? Probably something related to um, song lyrics, because I, oh, sort of okay. I have this sort of weird—I have this sort of weird um, retention of song lyrics. Like, I just remember them a lot for like many, many songs, mostly Broadway show tunes. So probably like, can you sing along to all of the lyrics of insert musical here? Okay, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's not a great tell. I'll have to think about that. That's a really, that's a good, that's a good question. It, uh, what Sterling goes with is the name of their dog.
0: <laughs> and it's a, it's a good one.
1: It is. It is a good one. And I love the, like, that she screams and then Dana screams. <laughs> <laughs> What's amazing about this, I mean, it, talk about the acting. Like, it never feels like Sterling is in a scene with Debbie. It completely feels like Sterling is in a scene with an
0: entirely different character. Yeah, it feels like the energy is off right away. Like, and the yeah. Sterling Sterling can sense that something is amiss. And like when uh, when Dana is like singing along on the radio to like a song that we know Debbie would like not be into. Um, yeah. Just yeah, there's it's a whole different energy.
1: It totally is, and I I love the moment where. Blair is at home and she's like she gets the text from Sterling that's like mom picked me up never mind and Blair's like you think she's talking to Anderson and then she's like she said you picked her up and we cut over to Debbie and it's like the plate smashes like she she says she's with you it's great it's such a great like mic drop moment.
0: Oh it is especially because like the plate shattering is the first of many things that is going to shatter this night.
1: Yes. Yes, so, so true. Um, oh, go ahead.
0: I, I also really like that up until this moment, like this is, this is maybe like the halfway point of the episode. And up until this moment, there's been a lot of drama regarding the twins' relationships, like with the Miles and Blair stuff that is now uh, concluded. And we've had like this amazing Sterling and April arc that is like coming to a, a tying up moment. Uh, but from this moment on, from the moment that we know that Dana has Sterling, all of that is in the background. Like none of what we thought mattered matters when when the chips are down.
1: Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. It's, the stakes have officially been raised here. Um, and so we just kind of we cut there's like a lot going on. So like Sterling learns that this is Dana. This is her mom's twin sister. Blair learns that um, Dana was, of course, is, of course, the one who set fire to the abortion clinic. Uh, The parents have been helping her out, but she's been threatening them for more money and she is indeed dangerous. Um, And Blair is like, (laughs) Blair's reactions to all this are so great. She's so mad that they're identical. She's so, she's taking all of this so personally, she's going to have to take a gap year at least because of all the therapy that she's going to have to go through. (laughs) Like, she knows that, like, Sterling is in danger, but she would just like everybody to know that she's very, very mad.
0: Yes, I, this is, like, a moment when, like, and the the parents, like, they're both, like, calling people, like, like, Anderson is trying to call Sterling, and uh, Debbie is trying to call Dana, and, like, they're both, like, freaking out and working the phones, and meanwhile, Blair just wants to register uh, her extreme (laughs) emotional distress. She wants it entered into the record. I
1: mean, valid. They've been completely gaslighting her. for Oh, my years. gosh. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Dana tosses Sterling's phone. Um, there's this really, really interesting thing that it comes up really quickly once we meet Dana, where Dana's talking about, you know, Debbie has everything. Debbie has the money to keep, you know, to keep her nails painted and her hair looking good and, you know, all this stuff. And I feel like there, it's like we're having this, this kind of, it ends up being a lot about sort of class dynamics and also sort of nature versus nurture. Are we defined by our past? Can we ever outrun our childhoods? Uh, are our roots sort of, do our roots kind of predetermine our whole life? Like that feels very in here.
0: Well, especially because when they get to the trailer park later, um, Dana is going to say, this could have been your life. Except for a few twists and turns.
1: Yeah. 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 They're there, but for the grace of God. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So Bowser is mid telling Yolanda that he is headed back to Florida because he feels like there's nothing left for him here in Atlanta when he gets the call from Blair that she needs help. And he immediately takes it because. Yeah.
0: Bowser has been on the letting go path. He's maybe going to try to let go of Yolanda. He's maybe going to try to let go of Atlanta altogether and the twins. He's like right in the middle. This is like a very, like, um, this is a very like Peter denying Christ three times. Like he, like Bowser is right in the middle of saying like, no, the twins aren't my family. No, I don't care about those little girls. No, I fired them. They don't matter to me at all. And then he gets the call and he goes without hesitation.
1: Oh yeah. Without a moment's hesitation. Absolutely. Um, I Yeah. And I, I just, I love that. I love the way all of the, like everything kind of converges at the end. Um, Sterling, meanwhile, she is so smart. She compares Dana to her mom to get her to pull over. <laughs> then she uses her debit card a whole bunch of times to buy Sour Patch Kids which are a candy that she hates but Blair loves um, and then she like leads this little you know uh, Hansel and Gretel trail It <laughs> spells out a message in the rest stop bathroom using With lip gloss and, and Sour Patch dust <laughs> it's so smart and then she says a prayer she says a prayer for herself to get through this to be you know strong and brave and and you know kick some butt and then she says a prayer for Dana to figure her life out. Sterling Wesley is in fact an angel.
0: She truly <laughs> is. Especially cuz in this moment she's like and sometime for after I'm done being kidnapped and you think it's going to be about April. Like you think it's going to yeah. be something related to her personal life, but she's she's actually this selfless. Like she really does want the best for this fa- this new family member who is now kidnapping her. <laughs>
1: Also, it took me until this far into the episode to notice that she has rainbow stripes on her sweatshirt. Did you notice that?
0: Yeah. You know, you know that my heart can barely stand when like somebody gets so dressed up for their gay date. Like, I love that she had her hair in that cute way and that she was like wearing the cute lip gloss. And that she had, oh my gosh. Oh, yes. I I, I did notice that. I I died several times (laughs) while observing it.
1: I know. It's like Emily, Emily getting ready to meet Allie in the warehouse.
0: Yes, it's exactly. You know, it's exactly like that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I know where your mind was at. (laughs) Um, I also love the through line of like the police consistently being useless.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. But let's talk about, um, let's talk about make the right choice. Anderson makes a right choice here where he calls the cops. Like, he and Debbie are still kind of dithering about what to do. And then Anderson is like, we need to call the police. Sterling is our daughter. We are calling the police. And I, cause he's been kind of letting Debbie call the shots on this whole, yeah. my evil twin situation uh, for a long time. Uh, but you see here, he's like, even though, like the, the, Debbie's hesitation about it is that Calling the cops on her sister could result in the reveal of this, you know, big family secret. Um, but he—he's just like, no, we're calling the cops, and he. So he makes a great choice there. Followed by Blair is going to make a fantastic choice in calling Bowser because she hears her parents still kind of dithering, even as the police are there, and like not being able to convince them why this is actually a really big deal. Uh, And so Blair is like, no, I'm I'm calling Bowser. We're we're getting out of here.
1: And Blair does great work. Like she's already by the time she connects with Bowser, she's already done some work to to track uh, Sterling, like where Sterling might be. They get the, you know, the notice about the um, the debit card and they're able to make it to the rest stop
0: yeah i i feel like this this goes into the part of the episode that's about who you are when the chips are down yeah although she started off uh really like letting her parents have it and and kind of doing her like turning up the drama stuff uh when it matters she is smart and cool under pressure uh she is making good choices bowser is their family like whatever he might have said about it that's who he is when you need him he's gonna be there um, so I, I feel like they're doing a good job of showing like who they are when it matters.
1: Absolutely. And they, you know, they make it to to Sterling's message and she's identified, you know, who Dana is. She's identified the, the guy that they're going to. And then she's left this other message, um, I L Y S M S, which initially Bowser thinks is a license plate. Um but Blair identifies as "I love you so much,
0: sis." And then Blair completely breaks down. Like this is the moment when, yeah. like, she's been she's been so like, we're gonna do this, we're gonna find her, I'm gonna make this turn out okay. And this is the moment where she really just lets her guard down uh, in a way that she hasn't even with her parents, um, because it's yeah. not safe. Like that's not a safe space for this right now. But Bowser is, and again, I'm just so glad. That she has this kind of adult in her life
1: me too and i i love too that 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 message proves sterling's confidence that blair would be the one to find her
0: it does it totally does also uh i'm just gonna say when i talk about bowser being this adult presence in blair's life i am telling you if there were a season two i think bowser and ellen Ellen is like the supportive adult in Sterling's life. And I think it just makes sense to bring the two of them together. Oh, but what about Yolanda? I don't know. I mean, Yolanda is off with Terrence. He makes cinnamon rolls from scratch. (laughs) Ellen Ellen is not afraid of taking on a renovation project. That's, that's how I feel. That's,
1: that's, that's true. That's true. Um... So then, speaking of Terrence, he like he's he's in on this too. He he has (laughs) from the bathtub. I know from the bathtub, (laughs) but he's gotten some information about um, this dude Levi that um, is Dana's boyfriend that who they're they're meeting up with, and uh, this guy is 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 bad news. He's he's really dangerous.
0: Yeah, and we also have the moment. This is actually I think before they get to the gas station when. Sterling grabs Dana's purse and sees that there's a gun in there. Um, So that's, like, a moment when it really changes. It stops being, like, a weird, like, a weird thing, like, almost like a a bizarro adventure. And it it starts to feel, like, much more serious and possibly deadly.
1: Right, right. And Dana even, I think, like, sort of references the gun or holds the gun on her or something when they go, when she gets to the rest stop.
0: Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So Sterling and Dana arrive at this trailer park and Dana starts talking about uh, her roots and how, you know, this could have been Sterling in another life. Um, I took the note here that I feel like in a theoretical season two, this experience would have given Sterling more compassion for April's situation.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. I... (laughs) Um, it, or it had the potential to, I guess. I would it put it does. that way. I think what Sterling needs, uh, regardless of anything else, although Sterling is capable of having so much compassion for other people, what Sterling really needs is to be able to look at the world through another person's eyes. And yeah. if this, if this experience gives her that, that would definitely be great. That would definitely make her a better partner to whoever she's going to be with in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I guess the reason I was thinking about that is how, like, she's sort of, she has the potential to kind of recognize, like, this this life, the love that I have experienced in my family is not a given, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that. I also think that Sterling... Uh, wh- whether it's because of like the way that she believes in God or whether it's just because, as you said, she's an actual angel, um, Sterling has a lot of ability to forgive. And I think that having seen this situation and the interaction that she has with Levi here, um, I think Sterling is going to be very willing to forgive Debbie and Anderson. What do you think?
1: Oh, I agree. I completely agree. I think that, um, I th- i mean, obviously there's a lot to work through and they should definitely go to family therapy and, <laughs> you know, all of that. But I think that um, a primary emotion for her after this experience would be gratitude for their family and ultimately gratitude for the choice that they made. Even though, you know, crazy and as it was and, and um, the lie, you know, the lie being as, as, as big and the way that they handled all of that being sort of um, just really bad. (laughs) I think ultimately she would understand why they made those choices. Agree. Yeah. Um, We meet Levi, who is a total creep. Also, I think played a guard on Orange is the New Black, I want to say. I think say. so. I think you're yeah. right. I think he was the guard who raped Pensatucky, actually, maybe. Ugh. Ugh. Just general creep. General creepy guy. Um, and he decides that they're going to use Sterling to get more money. He's also, like, treats Dana like shit. Like, that's pretty clear.
0: Oh, yeah. He, he says a prayer here, too. He says oh, yeah. a prayer that Dana and Sterling aren't going to fuck all this up
1: yeah yeah exactly um blair and bowser burst through the gate literally um and there's this interesting thing where like dana does seem to care for sterling in this very kind of backwards way sterling ends up gagged in the bathroom and she suggests that the two of them leave trying to appear appeal to both dana's humanity and her christianity um Dana says, you know, she doesn't have a choice. Levi has has looked out for her. And I love what Sterling says in response. She says, we always have a choice. Be a good Christian, the real kind, with love in your heart. I'm just a kid. Do the right thing. And I feel like um this episode, there's a lot in here about what does it mean to be a good Christian? And and what are the ways in which Christianity can be used as a weapon? And what are the ways in which it can be used as as a wonderful as a wonderful thing and and How how do you sort of um, embrace the good parts and, and sort of move forward with love in your heart?
0: Also, look at the two things like think about think about what Sterling asked for when she was praying. She wanted the people that she loves to be safe. She wants the she wants to be brave. She wants to be you know, she wants to be able to kick some ass here and she wants Dana to have a a peaceful, happy life. Um, And then here, when she is talking to Dana, she is saying to Dana like, you can still make the right choice. And what's gonna happen by the end of this episode, Dana is going to make a right choice and Dana is going to make a choice that is going to put her on the path to a more peaceful, more happy life and so it's just interesting the things that sterling is asking for here which are going to be delivered by like by the time this episode concludes
1: yeah yeah that's 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 true that's true um yeah so so they have they have some twin vision um which is great and the twin vision is is what helps um helps Blair figure out, you know, where Sterling is and how to get to her and Bowser just accepts it. He's like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you do have this weird, creepy connection. It's great. Um, and then there's a shootout that uh, did this shootout remind you at all of the end of season one of Veronica Mars? Cause I totally it, had to it.
0: did. It. it did because we have somebody who is uh, taking cover and it's not like a refrigerator. It's like a, a bathtub. Um, but, but yeah. Um, and I also, I really like that we've seen both Sterling and Blair shoot guns in previous episodes, but in this moment, when it actually is life or death, Bowser's instinct yeah. is 100% to protect Blair as best he can. And he knows that if she's shooting, she's going to become a target, and like somebody who doesn't care about wounding her or killing her could be returning fire. So he's like, no, no, you just you stay down he's going to take care of this. And I love that we see him do, uh, he, we see him do the trick, uh, that he had Sterling do previously when he told Sterling to shoot the lights so that the perp will run over the, the, the glass, like instead of shooting at the perp, he shoots at the propane tank and blows right. it up. So that Levi briefly catches on fire, falls to the ground, and then Bowser shoots him in the kneecap.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, And it looks like Sterling is going to get um, taken in the car. It looks like, like Dana is going to, um, she, you know, she wrestles her into the car. She gets into the driver's seat. It looks like she's, they're going to drive away. And then Debbie arrives and she's got her gun that, that uh, Blair saw her with many episodes ago and uh, she pulls the gun on Dana and they have their own moment of twin vision.
0: Oh, this is I love the twin vision that we get one on top of the other here uh, yeah. with with Blair and Sterling and then with Dana and Debbie. Oh, my goodness. And I, I especially love like you, you talked about before when um, like the audience knows what's coming with Sterling and April, like the moment before it happens. Uh, and, and I like that Debbie and Dana have this moment of their twin vision where it really seems like it is building up towards the reveal that we just, we just now sense that it's coming. And I love that Sterling and Blair seem to sense that it's coming too, because like Blair gasps and grabs Sterling's hand. Like it's as if they too know like a moment before it happens, what is going to be said.
1: Yeah. I took that same note. I, I I completely agree. It is. There is this sense of like yes, Sterling is safe, but what is going to happen? What is going to happen? Um I also just a little detail. I love that Debbie is the one with the gun and Anderson is like the one helping Sterling. Like it feels yes. like there's a little gender
0: bend there, you know. Well, especially because especially because we have seen Anderson with guns Like, in so many episodes, because he's constantly hunting, and he's taking the girls to the target range and cheering them on and stuff. Uh, But we don't see a man holding a gun on a woman. We see Deb holding a gun on her twin.
1: Right. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, And the big reveal, Dana says, Sterling is her daughter.
0: And that we get, like, all of this back and forth in the twin vision, where... uh, she's telling Debbie like you have everything you're going to get to go back to your perfect life you hear those sirens those we know this is the end of the line for me and they're going back and forth on it and Dana says let me have this one thing yes and and you know what you know what Debbie could do here Debbie could cock the shotgun and say not another word she could like she she could like knock her twin out with the butt of the gun there's a lot that she could do but she lowers the weapon she like
1: debbie lets this
0: happen yeah debbie debbie understands you cannot run forever like her, the existence of her twin is known you you can't run forever she lays it down
1: And it's amazing because like Debbie's been lying this whole season and lying on top of lying on top of lying on top of lying, lying when she doesn't even, you know, need to be lying. Right. And here in this moment, it's like she's done.
0: And, you know, uh, let's just talk about the fact for one second that Debbie has dragged Anderson along on this journey of like, I have an evil twin we're never gonna tell the girls about. Uh, one of our daughters we're gonna say is a twin, uh, but but is my sister's child and we're gonna raise it up and this is gonna be our big family secret and we're gonna put a bunch of money into supporting my twin who is on the lam. We're never gonna discuss it. Uh, it's gonna be a drain and a secret and a thing for years. And then you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna lay it down without talking to you anderson i wonder where sterling got some of her ideas about how relationships work
1: (laughs) that is a great
0: that is a great point that is great but yeah she, she, she makes her own call on this one you you see her lower the gun and you see anderson's face like there's a shot of him just his face like falls and he looks really old like you talk about the face journey that many of these people go through yeah. i really like as as the realization hits all of the people in this circle about the bomb that's yeah. about to drop and then it detonates
1: it totally detonates oh man and it's i mean i just i love i love this and i hate it because we don't have a season 2 <laughs> but I love it's so confident you know rather than going like it the cheap ending of this season would be either the we the explosion happens and we don't see who survives right mm-hmm. or Dana drives off in the car with Sterling right uh, yeah or we hear a gunshot and we hear Oh we don't yell. know who
0: it was we don't yeah know
1: who it was, you know but I love that they don't go for any of the cheap like is somebody alive cliffhangers we know that everybody's alive we know that dana's going to jail levi's you know out of commission like everybody's physically fine but it's an emotional cliffhanger which is so much more complex and satisfying and sets up a much more interesting dynamic for future potential episodes you know it's 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 great it's 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 really um it's really fascinating, and it's also really interesting to me, actually, as we're talking about this, how the way in which this does mirror PLL, because this is similar, in a sense, to the Mary Drake reveal, the Mary Drake being revealed to be Spencer's mother, but the way that they have set all of this up, there's so much more to play with, and, we're, and it's so much more of an investing, interesting, emotional Mystery and cliffhanger, than what PLL did with uh, Spencer and Mary.
0: Oh my gosh! By the time, by the time they revealed that, I like barely cared anymore. I wonder if I'll, I wonder if I'll feel differently like when when we're rewatching that part of the seasons. But yeah, this this feels like it has emotional stakes. It feels like it has weight, uh, and and not only because it changes who sterling is but it changes like like a huge part of sterling and blair has been their twin bond and this like this this really is going to impact that it feels like not only for sterling but for blair like what does it mean for blair if she's not sterling's twin
1: and so what what do you think of the fact of it being sterling who is dana's biological child like what what is the significance of it being sterling who is dana's biological child and blair who is presumably debbie and anderson's biological child
0: well i think it's so interesting because sterling has always had like a better relationship with her parents um so i think that like it's possible that they were always kind of like overcompensating maybe for you know for this like a big secret that they weren't telling her um but i also feel like if it were blair like blair already feels like such an outcast that if this reveal were about blair blair would just like ditch out blair would just yeah. like <laughs> blair would just be like bye you all i am filing I'm filing my paperwork for emancipation and I am going to go live with like Clea Kincaid like that's that's my life now
1: (laughs) yes I'm moving into the yogurt shop with Bowser yeah
0: (laughs) I, I said if there was a season two I would not have been surprised if it started with Blair living in the back of the yogurt shop because she is so mad at her family
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah I think it's really interesting that Sterling who literally from the first scene has been painted as, you know, the good girl has been compared multiple times to Debbie, you know, has, has sort of been on seemingly this very clear trajectory. The idea that she is the one who is Dana's child is fascinating. I think.
0: Well, and just the idea that there doesn't like, it doesn't have to be like, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito in terms of the twins like it doesn't have to be like one of them is the good twin and one of them is the complete fuck up like Blair Blair kind of wanted to see herself as the imperfect twin but now she's just gonna have to see herself as a person
1: yes yeah not in
0: juxtaposition to anything or anyone right I mean it's it's it's
1: sort of this incredible like it's it's like this this level of of growing up right that they that they have to digest this information you know
0: and it's also like a big question mark of like nature nurture like is biology your destiny like you've had the twin bond like that came from your closeness that existed like you know that that even if you didn't share the same womb like you have this power
1: Right. Like the, I love the twin vision. You know, I, I love that element because it's like that. It's not like that's a gotcha moment. It's like the twin vision is because they have that bond because they've mm-hmm. spent their entire lives together, you know, and it's it's um, yeah, again, I mean, it's it's such a juxtaposition to PLL that ultimately came down on the side of everything is determined by your nature.
0: <laughs> Nurture mm-hmm. means nothing. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's 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 great. It's a great interesting complex dynamic.
0: And and this is like the ultimate moment of the truth will set you free. The truth has set everyone free. Like nobody has to lie about this anymore. And yet, like yeah. the price, the emotional price that they're all going to pay is so high.
1: Right. I mean, Blair got exactly what she wanted. She got the truth. And it's in the worst, worst possible way.
0: Yeah. Be careful. Be careful what you wish for. If you're squeamish, do not prod the be trouble.
1: Yeah, completely. Oh, man. And that's the end of Teenage Bounty Hunters.
0: (laughs) Oh, I I wish there were so much more. So uh, regarding Sterling's prayer of, like, wanting Dana to have a peaceful, happy life. We leave a lot of the characters, like you were saying before, in really sad places at the end of this yes. uh, season. Uh, I would love if there was a movie that wrapped this up. I would love if there was a season two on another network. But uh, if you were just in charge of it, uh, how would you get these characters, all of these characters, into a happy, peaceful place?
1: Oh, man. Um lots of therapy <laughs> number 1 lots of therapy for everybody um i think uh you know i think that that um april needs to find out soon about you know about sterling and blair's involvement and in bringing in her dad i think that, that that's another you know, a hard truth that needs to come out, right? Um And I think if i were if I were in charge of season two, um, you know, there'd be a I think a lot of the season would be about sort of, in terms of like Sterling storyline kind of dealing with the fallout of that and then ultimately kind of um, perhaps reuniting with April down the road. I think Sterling and Blair. Coming to understand that their bond is so much deeper than biology, that it's, it's about the two of them, um, you know, the love that they have for each other and that nothing can change that. Uh, I think Blair kind of going on her own journey of sort of self-actualization and, and recognizing that she doesn't need drama to live a fulfilling life, maybe also recognizing her own queerness perhaps. Um, I think Debbie and Anderson taking a good hard look at their marriage and their parenting and, you know, why they've made certain choices and and really uh, becoming, you know, fully committed to honesty. Um, I think Bowser staying in Atlanta and, uh, you know, maybe getting with Yolanda or at least continuing his professional relationship with her. Those are just some things off the top of my head. What are you what what about you?
0: Uh yeah, I, I agree with those things. I think that Blair is gonna have a lot of work to do in terms of like individual therapy, probably therapy with her family, therapy with Sterling. Uh, yes. and also just to like like aside from all of these massive things that were going on, like she had just acknowledged her depression uh yes. as, as as part of these two episodes. Um, So I think that, and and I hope that uh, Anderson and Deb could like really devote themselves to being supportive of their daughters here uh, and of giving them absolutely anything that they need to like really help work through this. Um, I think that just more honesty in the family dynamic. Uh, I think that not only should uh, Sterling tell April about the bounty hunting the twins should probably tell their parents like so that all of the cards are yes. on the table and that everyone is just having like a, a more open communication and you know Anderson needs a job uh so maybe he can actually help uh with the bounty hunting side oh, of there you go. the business he's a good shot you know <laughs> he's he's a grown-up uh he might be able to assist in some ways I like that
1: I like that. Oh, and I would want Sterling to come out to her parents, I think. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like in in the interests of honesty all around, uh, it would be it would be great if they could do that. And also, I would like it. uh, I'm going to open it up further. Uh, I would like it if uh, the family opened up their home to some of the other characters who have really shitty home lives. I would like it. If Luke maybe wound up staying with them for a while, I would like it if April wound up staying with them for a while. Um, yeah. I, I just feel like the, the they have a lot of money and they have a lot of space. And I wish that some of the other characters who were like a little short on those things uh, were maybe able to access some of it through them.
1: So now I'm picturing like a season seven Buffy like potential style thing where like all of these all of these kids end up becoming it's like the teenage bounty hunters, you know, it it expands. Like they're all teenage bounty hunters. It's a team <laughs> of teenage
0: bounty hunters
1: and Bowser is like, you know, their reluctant dad who is who is coaching them through all of this.
0: Uh, I do not think like I think that as an adult, I could definitely see Blair. Uh, either staying a bounty hunter or continuing to work like in the field of like legal type stuff. I don't, I don't think that that is where Sterling's path is in life. Uh, I think I see Sterling, I see Sterling working in some kind of ministry capacity, I think.
1: Oh, interesting. I was, I, you know, I could see Sterling um, uh, becoming a journalist actually um, Hmm. because of her of her commitment to the truth. And um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I could also see her in, in ministry as well.
0: Yeah, um, but I, I think that Blair is definitely like, she's found something that she's good at and that she has a knack for. And I also think that Blair is like going to be mad at her parents for a while. So I think that like kind of doing this like, <laughs> like whenever someone at the club has to ask about their daughters that they they would like just feel a little bit of like oh yes Blair is out bounty hunting (laughs) I think that she would get like a little thrill from them having to like having to like deal with that in their social circle
1: yeah yeah I I definitely I definitely think that that she would Um, yeah yeah it's it's like if Spencer had really like gone rogue during the time jump and you know Veronica and Peter had to be explaining what, what she was up to Right. Right.
0: Um, I, and I like, I feel like Blair and Miles, that, that book is closed. I think Blair would like go on to have like another love interest who we, who we maybe have not met yet, or maybe we have met, maybe it's Hannah B. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's Luke. Uh, you know, like, I think that, I think that we could see Blair with just a different pairing than we've thought of for her before. Uh, and I think I would like to see Sterling and April back together
1: yes yes agreed i yeah i i i actually this is controversial i could see blair and luke i could see i could see them as i mean if we're talking at theoretical season two where luke and april move in i mean <laughs> there you go live in love interests
0: well they just have like i mean they they have like a warm chemistry yeah and i feel like um I feel like she would not enable him in some of the ways that Sterling enables him. I feel like she would kind of like, she would, she would toughen him up a little bit, which is I, maybe something that Luke needs.
1: <laughs> I think he could, he could really, he could really use a girl like Blair. Although, I mean, Blair and Hannah B is also like the, the ultimate, uh, <laughs> the ultimate ship that has absolutely nothing going for it other than that we like it. <laughs>
0: Don't say it has nothing going for it, okay? It has lamb chops. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hashtag lamb chops. I bet,
0: that,
1: <laughs> I bet that Blair would eat Hannah B's lamb chops. I,
0: I bet she would.
1: <laughs> that sounds like it means something else. Uh, <laughs> um, is there more that we want to say about this beautiful, beautiful gift of a show?
0: This was a fantastic show. Uh, I'm so sad that it was canceled. Uh, It deserves so much more. And I hope that we get more of it. If we don't, this is going to go out as like a near perfect one season of television.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is like, I feel like this will be up there with like, you know, like my so called life or like, I guess pushing daisies was two seasons. But you know, just like the, the you know, the shows that are just Firefly, Firefly, sure. Cancelled, cancelled too soon. You know, little gems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sad to move on. <laughs> but
0: I am too. This was. I'm so glad that we got to watch it. I'm so glad we got to do a deep dive on it. Uh, what a fantastic show for queer representation, uh, and and what a fantastic world that we got to to visit during the time of the show.
1: Are there any I mean, this could be an episode in of itself. Are there any like top couple of moments that you just want to like shout out? Now that we've talked about this whole season,
0: oh man, we've talked about it like all the all the Sterling and April moments, every single one of them. Uh, there's there's not one that I would trade for anything. <laughs> that's
1: that's fair. That's totally fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm still gonna have to say um, the the end of the end of episode six the master debater scene with sterling in the supply closet like that that i think that'll just that's i've never seen anything like that before and so that that is a top one and and i think also blair's um breakup with miles in this last episode great great moment um
0: well y- yeah and um and the conversation I would say between Debbie and Sterling, where they talk about the Bible being confusing yes. and life being confusing. I think that was a really great um, mother-daughter moment for the two of them. I totally agree. And I, I think
1: um, the the scene where Bowser talked to Blair about, you know, maybe there is no heaven and hell. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All, all the Bowser-Blair moments, the moment when he talks to her on the phone in, yes. you know, in the, the previous episode here. um yeah, so much good stuff.
1: So much good stuff. But yes, all of the Sterling and April moments <laughs> for yeah, sure the, make the list.
0: The writing was phenomenal. The acting was phenomenal. The directing was phenomenal. Uh, this is like, this is a show that I've just never seen anything like it before. Um, I don't know that I'll ever see anything like it again uh, because it was just so original. And so uh, awesome. like like you said, it's criminal that that was the last we see of April Stevens. Uh, I I feel like uh, I would like to just like hunt down the people who canceled it like they are a a bad skip uh, and and throw them in jail until they give us more episodes. That's what I feel like is warranted here.
1: Yeah, I mean, one thing we've talked a lot about ways in which we think this show is better than PLL. Um, I think something they have in common is they both have the X factor. You know, you yeah. have that, that thing, that thing that so many shows try to have that they don't have. This show completely has it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was thinking about that in this show because it's Sterling's Instagram where she's at the pizza party and she's posting it on Instagram that lets Dana know that that's where Sterling is. And we also had like the Instagram stuff where she was at the college party and she was drinking sure. and it was posted on Insta. So it also has the DNA with PLL where it's like, uh, you know, the, the world we live in, like the overly observed world uh, of cyberspace uh, is, is creating all these ways for like people you don't necessarily want looking at you to look at you. Sure.
1: That's a great point. Well, so next week we will be back. We'll be back to PLL. It, we are actually, uh, the week of, of Halloween, we'll actually be covering a Halloween episode Grave New World, it's going to be really weird to talk about PLL after <laughs> after spending all this time in Atlanta to go back to Rosewood. Uh,
0: um, plus, this is a super weird episode with a little ghost girl. Like, like it's never a good PLL episode when there's a little ghost girl running around. We're going from this show that we love to, like
1: honestly, one of the worst episodes of PLL.
0: <laughs> but, you know, sometimes that's fun to talk about as well.
1: It's true. It's true um yeah it's backdoor pilot time caleb's hashtag haunted um anyway if you have thoughts on teenage bounty hunters we would love to hear from you um
0: if you want to email us and let us know how we should identify you versus your evil twin like if you want to just like get that in the vault somewhere please feel free to email us and let us know we actually got
1: an email from a listener, Sarah, about teenage bounty hunters. Um, and we'd love to we'd love to to hear to hear from more from more of you. So um, yes, you can of course send us an email at everybodyapodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Instagram at everybodyapodcast. Um, and you can send in a rating and review on iTunes. We would appreciate it. Um, this has been such a delight. I'm so happy. That you encouraged me to watch this show, and I'm so happy that we've gotten to talk about it.
0: Vina, thank you for going on this journey with me, and thank you to all of our listeners who normally hear us go on and on about PLL for going on this little mini series journey with us uh, for Teenage Bounty Hunters.
1: And new listeners, thank you for thank you for tuning in. You know, I know we we just, we get really passionate about these things and we're delighted that you've come along for the ride. And if you want to stick around and hear us talk about PLL, we'd love to, we'd love to, to welcome you to the, the PLL family.
0: Indeed. We sure would.
1: All right. Well, till next time.
0: Take care.